A negative mind will never give you a positive life. Hello and welcome to Under the Call of MS, episode 105, MS Deep Dives. Today we're going to get into MRIs, magnetic resonance imaging, thing that we have to do quite a bit throughout our life with MS, at least most of us. When someone presents with a symptom typical of MS, multiple sclerosis, such as optic neuritis, vertigo, or numbness, and tingling, a clinician often orders magnetic resonance imaging, MRI. This technology reveals the inside of the brain, the eye, and the spinal cord. In painless, non-invasive method, the brain and spinal cord make up the central nervous system, and an MRI reveals much more detail about tissue in the central nervous system, showing both the normal structure of the brain and spinal cord, as well as the presence of lesions, scars, or tumors. When MS causes a specific symptom, such as vertigo, loss of vision, or numbness, for example, sometimes a lesion can be seen on an MRI in a region of the brain that correlates to the symptom. A lesion is an area of inflammation or damage within the central nervous system. In addition to diagnosis, The MRI aids prognosis, predicting the likely course of one's disease and disease management in multiple sclerosis. The number of lesions on an MRI, their location, their size, can all predict disease severity even early in the course of our MS. Once someone with MS starts a disease-modifying therapy, DMTs, a periodic MRI assesses whether the treatment is working, new lesions are detected after starting the therapy, and then uh, MRI demonstrates that the individual may not be responding well to the treatment from the DMTs and change may be considered to a new type of DMT. Uh, I started out myself with Copaxone, and that ran for the first four years, I believe, of my MS journey. And then they jumped me over to Ocrevus, which both of them, I don't know. Copaxone, I don't really, didn't really get anything from other than welts burns boils (laughs) lots of pain uh i don't know i didn't see any feel anything during that process okravis i don't really notice too much i have a little less pain severity but i'm also on a bunch of other medications for that uh i do notice Crap gap around the four to six week 
park before my next infusion. My body starts to get worse. My symptoms start to get worse and more intense. And then, of course, the last couple infusions, one was like a month late. The last one was like two months late. So that crap gap just got worse and worse throughout that period for me. But everybody does take it differently. If new lesions are detective after stereo, uh, just talked about <laughs> an MRI can be useful when someone has an MS exasperation, also known as a relapse or flare up. With a relapse, an individual experiences new or worsening symptoms of MS. During the, these relapses, the treating physician may order an MRI to evaluate whether new inflammation is occurring in the brain or spinal cord, or if you have new lesions that appeared, got bigger, stuff like that. Things that suck about it, the MRI machine itself is a lot of people can are claustrophobic or don't find out they're claustrophobic until they get into those machines. If you're a bigger individual and stuff, it can make it worse. They do have open MRIs and stuff. They all work differently. You got to worry about the cost. Talk to your insurance company and stuff. See what's covered and see how much, what you're going to be responsible for and stuff. And if you have deductibles and all that. But yeah, MRI... Because uh, images are obtained by a magnetic field. That's why the, it's called a magnetic resonance imaging machine. No harmful radiation exposure occurs with an MRI scan, which a lot of people worry about that. And what the machine's actually doing to your body. Is it going to cause cancer and stuff like that? Provided that the patient has no metal on or embedded in his or her body, exposure to an MRI is safe, they say. Uh, and that's like if you worked around metal or anything like that, they'll make you go in for a scan where they'll scan your body, your head and everything and see if there's any leftover pieces of metal or anything that might have got into your skin. Like I was a flame cutter for a while and with flame cutting those torches just get all those torch heads tons of them and they just all light up at once and punch through that thick steel and when it punches through the thick steel there was hot little balls of steel that flew up in the air and would land and i'd, I'd come home with burn holes in my shirts and hat and all that see so, yeah. Don't worry about pieces of metal in your head and have like the, <laughs> the one movie, uh, Final Destination, I think it was, or the metal could suck in a machine and goes through the skull. And <laughs> you get told that if you have a piece of metal in your body, you could, you could just get sucked up right through your brain and head and come popping out your eye or something like that. But, yeah, it's, Something to think about if you, you're around metal and stuff, get tested for that.
But uh, generally, when the body's tissues are exposed to a magnet, the protons, hydrogen, atom, atoms that are most commonly found in water in the tissue are they orient themselves in the direction of the field. So turning the magnetic field on and off makes the protons line up and relax repeatedly, which releases energy that can be measured by a receiver in the MRI machine. Different tissues have varying amounts of protons, and thus, thus bone fluid and brain tissue all send different signals to the receiver. So the computer software converts the received signal, signals into a map of the tissue based on the water content and response to the magnetic field. It gives you the different highlights, shades of the images, help you identify things as personalized in the MRI tube. This process creates different pictures through different planes of the tissue being examined. And the images that we get, yeah, the MRI uses different pulsing techniques to create different images. The images that images that are created by each separate pulsing are called sequences. Each sequence of pulses has a different sound heard by the person lying in the tube. T1, T2, flare, and T1 with gadolinium refer to different MRI sequences. These different pulse sequences each show the fluid in different ways and tissue differently on the brain and spinal cord images. And it's you'll be in there, you'll have the nin 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 the ding 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 the long and there's a bunch of different things you'll hear while you're laying in that tube which can drive you crazy which is nice to have some things to help you with that <laughs> just gets eh, if you have to do it with the the gladinoleum stuff like a nuclear radiation fluid and stuff lights your veins up you got to do that, you can end up having a good two-hour MRI by the time you're done doing it with and without contrast. It's a long, loud process. A normal brain has gray matter around the outside and white matter deeper in the brain. The gray matter contains the brain cells or neurons that generate impulses and thoughts. The white matter helps conduct the impulses generated to other parts of the brain or to the spinal cord, usually through axons, which are the nerve fibers of the central nervous system. Axes, axons are surrounded by myelin, which is the protective covering. The T1 imaging preserves this relationship in the images produced, so the gray matter is darker than the white matter. E1 imaging shows normal structure extremely well, but seeing lesions on this kind of imaging can be difficult. One kind of lesion that can be seen best on D1 images is a black hole. 
but an MS lesion forms and heals over time. Sometimes the myelin par partially repairs itself and the underlying structure remains. Other times, however, damaged axons and neurons cannot be repaired and brain tissue is lost. This process forms a black hole. Chronic black hole, present for more than six months, indicates the permanent loss of tissue. Black holes can be associated with more cognitive dysfunction and disability. Fortunately, some MS medications reduce the number of new lesions formed in MS, which can reduce the formation of black holes. T2 imaging reverses the color of gray and white matter on MRI images. White matter looks darker and gray matter looks lighter. This sequence displays lesions as bright white spots or scars on the images. However, with T2 imaging, the cerebrospinal fluid, which is the normal fluid in our in and around our brain and spinal cord also appears bright white. So that's why they have all these different types of imaging because it's hard to read certain ones, what things are. So you got to try do these other types of imaging so they can get us the right answers. Flare images. They show lesions as bright white spots and fluid as dark black. This helps make the lesions clearer and easier to see. On flare and T2 images, old lesions and new lesions can be seen. Lesions are visible as they arise during the stage of acute inflammation, but they also tend to stay for many years afterward as a scar. Rarely, lesions will heal so well that they can no longer be seen on T2 or flare imaging images, but the majority will be visible on future MRIs. Then we often get have to go in usually, for me, it's usually every other one, or if I'm having issues, they'll have it done every time. But Often an MRI will be done with contrast. In a sequence with contrast, T1 images are created after a contrast dye has been injected into our vein. And once the contrast is given, it travels through our bloodstream and into the blood vessels in the brain and spinal cord. I think it's like 60 seconds. Blood can go through the entire body. So goes through pretty quick. These vessels can be seen clearly on a MRI after the contrast has been injected. If active inflammation in the brain or spinal cord with a lesion is currently taking place at the time of the MRI, the blood vessels near the lesion will be leaky. This happens as part of the body's basic response to injury and inflammation. The blood vessels can become leaky so that white blood cells and other responses to injury can get into the damaged tissue in the brain and spinal cord with ms a new lesion forming will have leaky local blood vessels when the contrast dye is introduced the dye leaks out and the area near the lesion shows up very brightly 
on this kind of image. These lesions are called enhanced, bright, contrast, or active on typical MRI reports. Enhancing lesions have important meaning for clinicians as they indicate current disease not being adequately controlled by an MS treatment. And a new, newly formed lesion usually enhances for a few weeks before blood vessels seal again and the blood-brain barrier is restored. The BBB is a protective barrier that lines the blood vessels designed to prevent damaging cells and other substances in the blood from entering the, the central nervous system. Different MRI machines produce images of varying quality, partly depending on the strength of the magnet used, which is measured in Teslas. Higher Teslas indicate greater magnetic strength. So you can assume open MRIs use lower Tesla magnets and obtain lower resolution, resolution images than traditional MRIs. That's why they push for you to go into a normal MRI unless you got a lot, a lot of issues dealing with it. Then they'll deal with what they can with the open MRI, but then you're going to probably also have to deal with the spinal taps and stuff, which thankfully I haven't had to deal with yet. While valuable for those with severe claustrophobia, open MRIs create images of less clarity. Some MRIs allow for a person to be in a seated position, which can help those who have trouble lying down for an MRI. A clinician orders an MRI with specific instructions, including the body part to be examined, specific additional sequences desired, and the use of contrast or non-contrast. Many MRIs are ordered with and without contrast, which means that the images are taken before and after, and then T1 image, images are retaken after the patient has contrast injected. More than likely, to keep a good eye on it, you're going to be in a lay-down MRI with and without contrast, and that's going to give you your best imaging. Bright spots on an MRI can develop due to conditions other than MS, including stroke, head trauma, migraine headache, or vitamin B12 deficiency. Certain infections or other autoimmune diseases such as lupus or sarcoid sarcoidosis are associated with increased lesions in the brain. Cigarette smoking, diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure can cause Damage to small blood vessels in the brain, which can also lead to bright spots on MRIs. Double vision. When looking to the right, this is a classic symptom of multiple sclerosis, but it can also result from other conditions such as a stroke or tumor. Now, I used to have it all the time. If I turned my head to the left, I'd start to see stars and I'd black out blackout so that's not a good thing to do if you're driving or something like that uh, multiple sclerosis however implies that multiple lesions are present and these occur over time if the mri shows many other scars including older lesions that are not active 
demonstrates that the disease process is ongoing and not a single isolated event. At the time of prog diagnosis, the MRI helps with prognosis. Research suggests that individuals with more lesions on the initial, initial MRI may have a more severe disease course. And lesions in the spinal cord are worrisome, as those who have many spinal cord lesions tend to have worse disability in the future. In the presence of brain atrophy and black holes, predicts increased disease progression over time. And early recognition and effective treatment of MS lesions or MS lessens the chance of disease progression. Starting a new DMT, new lesions might appear before the new medication takes effect. Thus, the six-month MRI may show additional, additional lesions not seen at diet at diagnosis. These lesions likely occurred before the full benefit of therapy and do not necessarily indicate treatment failure, which I didn't, never knew that we could, that we'd still collect lesion advancement during the first six months of our drugs that they pump us full of that we don't know what's in, <laughs> what they're going to do to us. But since the therapy should now be effective, future MRIs will hopefully show no changes from this baseline. Repeat imaging at the same imaging center should allow a radiologist to compare between MRIs and note any changes in the time between scans. Guidelines recommend repeating a brain MRI every year or two to assess for silent disease activity or progression of atrophy. For someone on the same therapy for many years whose disease activity is stable, less frequent imaging every two or three years may be adequate. So you don't want to have like that one Queen Latifah holiday movie where she gets misread on an MRI and you get a spot because the MRI scans differently than your nor your last MRI or something. It's probably best to stick with the same MRI place as often as possible. If someone has taken a DMT that increases the risk of certain infections, such as progressive multifocal leukencephalopathy, PML, <laughs> which I have, annual imaging should be considered. PML is a potentially fatal brain infection that can occur in people with a weakened immune system, which can result from taking an immunosuppressant. And I got readings on the PML factor that I gotta watch every year. Because MS can affect the entire central nervous system, initial MRIs may include the brain, cervical spine, your neck, and thorac thoracic spine, which is your torso. Many clinicians order brain MRIs at regular intervals, but assess the spinal cord less frequently because fewer clinically silent Lesions occur in the spinal cord. In addition, most new spinal cord lesions cause specific symptoms such as numbness in the hands or feet, band-like tightening around the rib cage, known as our favorite, the MS hug, or difficulty with walking or, on, or going to the bathroom. 
if these symptoms occur, spinal cord images may show whether new lesions and breakthrough disease are present. Our brains change as we age in a healthy young person. An MRI shows a brain without scars or evidence of loss of brain tissue. Just as our muscles decrease in size as we age, the brain also loses tissue over time. Brain shrinkage can be seen on MRI scans as an increase in the volume of fluid and a decrease in the brain substance. Unfortunately, MS can accelerate this tissue loss. Black holes are associated with more atrophy. Exercise, along with taking a medication for MS, to reduce new lesions on MRIs and subsequent black holes can help reduce the amount of atrophy. Yeah. Our brains shrink faster than everybody else's. <laughs> Uh, similar to fingerprints, MRIs from individuals with MS are unique. Lesion size, number, and location vary, but generally new lesions arise more frequently in early MS. More early MRI lesions may lead to more disability later in the disease. As time passes, the immune system ages along with the brain. The older immune system attacks the brain less frequently. So fewer new lesions develop later in the MS disease course. But if you don't get diagnosed correctly early on, then those damages are there. Not making them go away, at least not yet. Three most common types of MS are relapsing MS with symptom flare-ups, relapses. Secondary progressive MS, which allows relapsing MS, which follows relapsing MS and has a more steady progression with or without relapses. Primary progressive MS, where individuals experience a steady worsening of symptoms from the start, usually without relapses. In relapsing forms of MS, active MRI lesions are more common. In progressive forms of MS, the MRI shows fewer new lesions and increasing atrophy. In primary progressive disease, the spinal cord may be especially impacted, leading to more difficulty in, in mobility. Certain lesions observed through an MRI correspond specifically some type of dysfunction, depending on where the lesion is located. For instance, a lesion on the optic nerve may cause optic neuritis, while a lesion in the brainstem can cause vertigo and or double vision. Lesions along the spinal cord cause very specific symptoms depending on their location, but in general, these typically relate to either motor movement or sensory sensation problems when lesions occur within the anterior front portion of the spinal cord uh, motor or movement functions are affected difficulty with coordination and strength with moving one's arms or walking are examples of symptoms that may occur when lesions occur within the posterior back portion of the spinal cord sensory symptoms are more likely 
These might include numbness, tingling, burning, and or loss of feeling, among other sensory issues. How high or how low the lesions occur along the spinal cord is also an important part of the equation. For instance, the part of the spinal cord that corresponds to the arms are in the cervical spine, the upper portion, and lesions occurring below where these nerves come off the spinal cord may impact the legs, feet, and other function below the arms. It will not impact the functioning of the arms or hands. Similarly, higher up on the spinal cord, lesions in the neck can cause problems anywhere at or below the neck. If lesions occur in the posterior spinal cord of the the neck, changes in sensation can occur in the arms, legs, hands, or feet. This can mean pins and needles, numbness, burning, tingling for the patient. It can also mean a decreased ability to feel the floor, balance and concerns resulting in decreased balance and concerns with mobility as well as the potential falling. Uh, I got a lot more stuff to get into with the MRI. I'm running out of time, of course. Our next episode of MS Deep Dives is going to have a second portion of the MRIs. So I feel this is one of the most important things that we go through with our multiple sclerosis. Uh, I found a lot of interesting information in this article and some other stuff. So I'll get back to it with part two, hopefully within next week. Be good to everybody. Be good to yourself. Kick this monster in the ass. Have a great week.